Welcome everyone, this Fantastic Geek recaps the Super Bowl commercials. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, sports fans. Here today to talk to you about all the pop culture goodness. Talking about your trailers. Talking about your trailers for trailers. Talking about your commercials for trailers during Super Bowl 57. Pete. For me, any Super Bowl commercial has to be through the lens of the greatest Super Bowl commercial I've ever seen, which was the Independence Day uh, commercial. I was going to say trailer. In my memory, it went on for two and a half minutes. It actually was a 30-second <laughs> ad. But just the notion of like, wait, what's this? And then, boom, the White House explodes. You said, what? And then, you know, the, obviously the super iconic shot there. What is this movie? What's going on? Boom, coming out this summer but it's the super bowl i have to wait so long really can't disagree with that um i read a couple articles with the cloverfield paradox and the way like streaming after the game and it's been five years since that and i'm here to tell you i watched it that night and haven't watched it since uh but a novel approach I would say that's up there again, less on the scale of like an independence day, but you know, we got a couple this year to chew over. We did. And I feel like in one of the primo spots, you know, early on, I must confess, Pete, I don't remember whether it was during the first commercial break or right before kickoff, but the commercial for the second Guardians of the Galaxy third movie trailer that you could then go watch online, which is a whole mouthful. I will say it was a good 30 second ad that got me excited and had me then go watch the longer ad, i.e. commercial uh, today. So mission accomplished. So here was my unique experience with that. Yes, we know this is a, uh, you know, trick in their bag at this point go watch the longer one online we gave you a, a piece of this matt when am i watching it during another commercial during the game like i'm confused i i do think that it's it's interesting to hear i am theoretically the 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 center of the audience i mean i say theoretically only because i don't need a I don't need this spot to see this trailer to go have me buy tickets the day they go on sale and see it opening night and so forth. But here I am as eager as anybody. Uh, and I agree. It kind of was like, oh, cool. Oh, the full thing's online. Okay. Well, back to other primo commercials right at the beginning of the game. Back to what ended up being a really you know solid game and so forth. Uh, the fact that I did not watch this commercial until this afternoon, I think is to your point that Thank you for advertising to me. And what is the greatest action that I can take after watching the commercial? It's go go click on the trailer. And it took until the next day for me to do that. I, I think that very much supports your point. Yeah, I just think that we have this other way to be able to do it. But why, I guess, do it during the game would it make more sense like after the game view the full trailer but you have the eyes there it's also a little baffling that we can lay out 
for the 30 second commercial but you know we gotta we gotta count our pennies matt if we were gonna do the full trailer well look we we in the regular world might not know it but there is an advertising downturn that's happening right now i, I must confess though i understand aspects of hollywood the business i understand marketing downturn business even less but i will just say i've read that that's a thing some of it may be let's recession proof before a recession happens which of course could lead to a recession in and of itself but again that's now we're even further down the economic hole that i don't understand but the fact that you had multiple companies to, to sell me that good old suds are endangered which is just heresy <laughs> all i know is this i think that there's not a lot of confidence from the i, I mean i know it's not just entertainment the, t the types of companies that buy commercials for the super bowl there's not a ton of confidence or there's there's decreasing confidence in advertising right now so i think the fact that the fact that potentially the biggest movie coming out of disney this year and i'd have to look at the multiple schedules here but pretend certainly guardians 3 has the potential to be the biggest movie that disney puts out in 2023 just off the top of my head um the fact that they only laid out seven million dollars only uh for a 30 second commercial and didn't instead buy five installments of that so you could get the full trailer that speaks to a certain lack of confidence the fact that gm and netflix teamed up and indeed disney and heineken teamed up for for ant-man that's reflective of the people who buy these commercials aren't sure that these commercials work so pete here we are talking about a commercial that tells you to go watch the actual trailer which is designed to make you buy tickets not the commercials designed to make you buy tickets so i guess in a weird way did we just prove it worked yeah and then uh, no, the Marvels, as uh, was heavily rumored. So kind of a surprise, but, uh, you know. On the one hand, I mean, look, we have, we and our listeners know that Disney has spent, has given less and less lead time for a lot of these properties. These properties still seem to continue to do just fine. I think conclusion is you don't need to buy ads for a year when most people are like, maybe the average person doesn't know that the Marvels comes out this summer, but as soon as you, you know, put an ad for it, oh man, Pete, in front of Ant-Man or in front of Guardians, people are going to go, I know those characters. I like the label Marvel Studios. I will be there. And then all they need to do at that point is essentially say, when do we tell you to buy tickets ahead of time? How do we get butts in seats for people who haven't bought tickets ahead of time? How do we do that on opening weekend in week two, week three, week four? Beyond that, bing, bang, boom. So there's not the need to advertise way out. Um, but still, I feel like, do a lot of people know that Captain Marvel 2, a.k.a. The Marvels, is coming out in six months' time? Maybe they don't. I guess, Pete, we'll, when we do our marvel's podcast in mid-july we'll see what the box office is like and if it's a little soft maybe we can backtrack it to super bowl weekend i think they will be just fine um but that 
first Guardians trailer, having now taken in the entire thing, not with the sound off like I did originally when I watched it and I'm watching the game and I'm watching other commercials, waiting to see if other things pop up. Um, you know, continuation of what we've seen to this point, uh, a little bit of reused footage, um, but to give you this real sense as we've gotten previous from both James Gunn and the cast of finality about this outing. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's an interesting, it was an interesting tone to the trailer because you think back to the, you know, the uh, Uga Chaka trailer for the first one, how that really cut through, you know, when people did not know these characters and how that trailer really did cut through and told you everything you needed to know in terms of the tone and the fun and all that. This is a more, I'll say mature, I obviously don't mean rated R or sensual or anything like that, but this is a more mature Guardians trailer. This is a more mature tone to it. Um, I had wondered, Pete, like I watched it, my my one and only time I'm watching the trailer, except for, I guess, when we go see Ant-Man in a couple days. Um, I was like, I'm just going to watch it the once. And I definitely walked away saying, did I just see clips from a character's final scene or close to the end of their final scenes the end um i don't know i may have i don't know if mark disney marketing would do that but they might um regardless you know the notion that maybe not everybody makes it to the end the notion that this is the end of a trilogy pete the notion that james gunn finishes what's he what he starts and can do a beginning middle and an end which is a theme that he has stated to the media as you know was a factor in going over to dc um i think it's checked all those boxes and um i'm ready for it well that he got a second opportunity to come back and and do this and this was the overwhelming desire that he has that and his personal feeling that trilogies tend to not end well and wanting to really work on that and then this guessing game that they're playing right now over, you know, who makes it and who doesn't. Um, and, you know, listen, they're they're leading you down a particular path. I I hope they're not playing too much, uh, you know, coy with the audience uh, in terms of what they're going to do. But um, I think we're all here for the ride. I will point out too from the footage that we've seen um everybody who has to show up really early to get makeup on their arms or in batista's case bare chest um it's weird now they all wear guardians uniforms that go up to their necks so i guess you know 3 a.m call time just became you know five or dare say even 6 a.m call time um listen they go through so much i i cannot begrudge them having done that before so long as we don't go down like the the newer x-men uh you know mystique route where with each passing outing the uh makeup prosthetics get worse and worse and worse now you maybe this is a podcast for another day does does the next does the next you know batista does the next karen uh jillen whomever do they just do they is the decision just made you know instead of putting this person through middle of the night 
call times. Ah, eh, we'll just make the whole thing digital. I mean, let's not forget, we got that with Tom Holland. There he is in a jumpsuit, jumping around on the cars uh, and so forth. And then, uh, you know, eh, none of him actually is physically in that scene. It's just they paint a motion capture suit over it. You know, is the next Drax, the ne- and I don't mean literally recast Drax, but is, is the next situation one where you just say, you know, it's just easier to make them all digital, get a slightly bigger star, and they can just run around in, in motion capture pajamas. I guess time will tell. I think so long as you can make people into stars playing these roles, that they will subject themselves to these conditions until they no longer want to do that. But there you go. But the film looks great. It's going to be super emotional. Um, that Gunn has his hands in so many things right now, yet has made this. Um, I think it's going to be special. Tangent, let me just plant my flag right now, Pete. Maybe the Gun DC finale in 10 years is Superman versus Spider-Man. But... Pete, speaking of impossible things, there it was. There it was, 1989, when the last Indiana Jones movie was made. There was talk of another one, what with a crystal skull and whatnot. But here we are looking ahead to uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny in a logo that's so big that somebody who I was watching the Super Bowl with said, wait, it's Indiana Jones and what? I can't read that. Um, But guess what, Pete? They understand it's an Indiana Jones movie. It is a strangely over, like, stylized logo. Am I wrong on that? I I didn't put together the differential from the subtitle, but it seems like a really radically different Indiana Jones logo than before. Yeah, and I think that's because... I mean, I, I don't know that I call it radically different, but I think they're just they're they're making sure that you know it's indiana jones and in the lexicon you can just say temple of doom and people know what you mean um or raiders and people know what you mean um people don't necessarily know dial of destiny and indiana jones and the dial of destiny is a title that's sure to be a classic but for right now it's not a classic so indiana jones and the dial of destiny i think it's probably a smart marketing just choice looking there. at the other posters and the other logos you know it always got skinnier and it was never you know over indiana and then jones it was written out and across so maybe that's why it's having that but yeah looking at yeah you really needed to know the the film's title because you weren't getting it there um but 30 seconds of that in the big game spot matt which did enough to scratch the itch, okay? Like the the rip on the Nazis, that's always fun. Are you still a Nazi? Um, you know, it, it's funny that we're going to get this. We're going to get Guardians this summer. we get another movie we'll talk about in a minute. Um, you mentioned 1989 before. Feels a little out of that era. It does. The notion that we're getting, you know, that we're getting um, an Indiana Jones sequel. There was one in 1989. And 
the notion that we're getting the return of 1989 Batman in a Batman movie that's called the oh wait actually I, I, Pete I'm being told it's not a Batman movie I thought it was just called the Flash um but it's actually a Flash movie you genuinely if you are uninitiated to the fact that there's a Flash movie coming and it's going to be you know realities colliding because that's what everybody's doing nowadays um and the fact that michael keaton is in it etc if you didn't know any of that you might have been mistaken to think that this was a batman movie with the flash in it and i was i watched the super bowl with people who thought it was a batman movie with flash in it i'm not surprised that they would put this in there surprised i guess the length to which they would go but it's a way to generate buzz we're clearly talking about it um there are of course the detractors matt who won't get to you know finish a verse or to restore a verse who will of course point out anything they don't like about it and you know that affleck's batman now has a blue cape the the abomination Matt, that a character who in the comics has had a blue cape now has a blue cape. Um, real buzz, however, that uh, there's another Batman in the movie. Um, did I know that? Did I see that? Tell me more. Well, there's a significant speculation that Christian Bale's Batman will also appear in this film. Is that where that rumor was? That because I saw the headline somewhere, like Christian Bale rumored to be coming back. Um, I mean, look, that I don't mean to now go from the spoiler pure, stay away from me with info person, but it's been out there for forever. So if you if you don't want to know how the Flash movie ends, let me tell you how for sure it's going to end. And this is not speculation; this is affirmed by James Gunn. Um, the interdimensional interuniversal crisis, you know, shuts down the universe that was, and it's the big lights out for anything you want to get rid of. So that's how that's going to end, which is all the realities that we've had before, including the DCEU fading away. And again, as we discussed in our, you know, James Gunn, Peter Safran podcast podcast, there may be elements that continue, i.e., Gal Gadot just back as Wonder Woman, but she doesn't stop and go, I remember in 1984 when I was with Steve, like some of that stuff might just fade away. Uh, but I digress. You can bring in whoever, whatever you want to this movie because weirdly there's no consequences. It's ending what was and clearing the slate so that in 2025, Superman Legacy can restart everything. Yeah. And listen, I don't think there's anybody listening or out there that doesn't want to see Michael Keaton's Batman return. Okay. And the way they play with it in the trailer and the line, it's all that. Okay. Um, we know obviously the difficulty that, uh, Ezra Miller has caused, uh, IRL, and then to this production, um, maybe that was the way to go to kind of distract from their appearance in this. Uh, James Gunn 
when he spoke about the DC slate that we podcast a little uh, over a week ago, talked about uh, Miller's commitment to rehabilitation and moving past this. Um, I still have a little bit of a difficult time squaring. You can't do the Batgirl movie, but this thing sees the light of day. Who knows how much further it was? Because this is a two hundred plus million yeah. dollar movie, and yeah. Batgirl was ninety. <laughs> yes, and and that plays a role as well. Um, but yeah, I I think while I initially was you know, in your camp of, wow, you're advertising a Flash movie or Matt, as the detractors are calling it, The Flush. Get it? I get it. It, it amuses <laughs> me. It's it's it, it's the lowest hanging fruit, but you know what? Sometimes that's, sometimes that's where a good apple can come from. Oh, they are largely insufferable. Um, I, I think that the, the winning aspect of showing two batmans in the same trailer uh was the way to go a couple of thoughts about it is that trailer or subsequent advertising is that going to move people to go see the movie i think that's a discussion you know for people who are like i remember ezra miller from only playing the flash and in the uh in the uh, Fantastic Beasts movies, I don't know anything about really creepy behavior that he's had with people that aren't 18 yet. Um, if you're completely ignorant to that, may, then his, uh, that, pardon me, their real life behavior might not be a factor in you buying a ticket. I think it's something, it's something to reflect on, um, particularly anybody who has an HBO Max subscription. Does that factor into buying a ticket or not buying a ticket? for the flash separate from all that pete let me just throw out a little observation here the spider-verse movie comes out now several years ago big hit oscar winner so forth brings us the multiverse you know brings a multiverse flavor there in addition to being beautifully animated etc etc okay great so there it exists in animated form all right then now we get two Marvel movies that have done it. One that's heavy on legacy with, you know, with Spider-Man and the, the different Spider-Man is coming back and, and that being a real cozy nostalgia place and a stellar story. We get it in Dr. Strange where it's a little bit more um, self-contained. Like, the, you know, there's obviously not as much, you know, the, the, all the different Spider-Man is just my point being that, and then we get in a different level, way different budget level, everything everywhere all at once, which isn't necessarily tying into nostalgia, but it's another exploration of multiverses and multiverse traveling and so forth. Is this just old by June? Do you sit and go, okay, it's cool that you got Michael Keaton, but really another thing where your big story thing is, oh no, it's the time crystal laser bleep blop, and it brought together all the guys that are cool that I liked. I'm glad you bring that up because... They were so in need of the reboot of their universe, rushed into the team up in their second movie, and then how things just continued to devolve. And then the recompositioning of Justice League, yet stretching it out at the same time, it's super fractured. And 
to use this, that gun is behind this, and it no doubt is the fulcrum to get at what he's doing to their universe. I I'm behind it. Um, we all win. Like we've talked before when there are good comic book movies. Um, I get what you're saying about the, uh, the budget compared to uh, Batgirl. Um, you know, I, I will see this at some point. Will I see it in a theater? I don't know that I will. Um, but I'm going to have to see it for, you know, Michael Keaton's sake. Um, I, I think a compelling story and that flashpoint storyline done well um, can win. I'm worried, like you talk about, that it's kind of played at this point. Um, you know, fair is fair. What does that say? for marvel in this multiverse saga you know but matt the the demand is there now critically we're probably looking at the best picture for the year being a a multiverse story so they're they're scratching an itch well certainly the debate where to see the flash at your home theater or your movie theater uh, not that issue with the Mandalorian spot, given as how that's going to be premiering in all y'all's home theaters in, uh, in just a couple of weeks, if you could believe it. Really the antithesis of all these other ad campaigns. Let's show you as little as possible. And I have no doubt that week to week for those eight episodes – Oh, the, this episode this morning, like those are the ones you got to consume right away or you're going to find out later today, like, oh, my God, they did this. This happened. Um, yeah. And and just watching Katie Sackoff on uh, social media and the glee that she has with her character, Bo-Katan and everything there, you know, Empire Magazine ran a couple photos and just watching her react and, and the moment that she's about to have with her character. Really, really excited for that. And again, we've kind of almost gone full circle here in that why wasn't Mandalorian season three advertised more at the biggest the thing that will be watched the most for this entire calendar year, the biggest advertising moment, because you kind of don't need to, because here yeah. it is, it's the third season. It's the baby Yoda show. And anybody who's really excited in that show and hasn't watched the first two seasons, you can just go watch it now. Or quite frankly, when it comes out March 1st, or if there's a killer cliffhanger at the end of march well then that's when you can watch them all and then get caught up like it's kind of these multiple entry points which again is weirdly the opposite of you know you need to be ready to buy the new you know lime skittles that go on sale on march 18th and not a day before like it's kind of day and date is so so old-fashioned man and that for the very first time they're going to be showing mandalorian over the air on uh, February 24th, they're going to show the first chapter um, on uh, ABC Freeform FX, all three stations that night at 8 o'clock. 
yeah, I mean, I I don't want to say that Disney marketing is easy, but it's to, to go from no one knows what it is to a major hit is a lot more difficult than it's a familiar it's familiar turf to be in. Um, and that certainly is a theme with, frankly, all the Disney st- stuff that we've discussed here. We've talked about Guardians 3, Indy 5, Mando Season 3. I mean, heck, even the F- the Flash movie, what was our compliment slash critique? That it's, you're essentially saying it's a sequel to Batman 1989. I mean, not, it's like it is. It is, and I'm assuming that's the exact same character all these years later, or whatever, however they explain it. Um, so... Yeah, just why why market the new when you can market the familiar? <laughs> well, whatever way you slice it, Matt, as our schedule ramps up here, Star Trek Picard Season 3 beginning for us on Thursday, Mandalorian a little bit more than two weeks out at this point. I think we're 18 days. Uh, we will be bringing you all that ant-man and the wasp quantumania uh a week from today uh and it's all made possible for you by the people who visit patreon.com slash fantastic geek we are so appreciative to be listener supported uh particularly as you say pete as we get ready for uh first one then two scripted shows per week as we enter the the prime time here for mandalorian and picard so our thanks, as always, for those who go to patreon.com slash fantastic geek. And Pete, let's certainly keep the conversation going. You know, it's just basically everything under the sun, right? Guardians, Mando, Indiana Jones, The Flash, maybe even throw in some uh, electronic vehicles there, whatever you want. How can people be in touch with you on a social media network that still has yet to run out of money? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,743 followers can't be long. And while I'm personally on Twitter, it's looking back lost, do be in touch with the podcast, comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, where we are fantasticgeek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek, all one word with the P and the H, like it today. Pete, looking ahead in the pop culture podcast feed this weekend, as mentioned, we have Star Trek Picard on Star Trek Sunday, and then Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania on Marvel Monday of next week. I'm assuming there'll be no breaking news between now and then, but one never knows, so certainly stay tuned and subscribed. With that, Pete... I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final Super Bowl commercial marketing word. Go sports.